Hello and welcome to a very special edition of the Theme Park Trader podcast. This week we are dedicating the entire show to Halloween Horror Nights 32 and we were so lucky to be able to get the chance to go to a very special Horror Nights themed event in London, the UK. Yes, we have Universal events here in the UK and we got to to meet the fantastic team at Universal and we got to meet Laura who we're going to be interviewing in just a second you will hear that interview and we got to chat all things Horror Nights, we got to reveal so many more details about the event that aren't covered in all of the house descriptions and scare zone descriptions that we're going to be chatting through after the interview. Um, so we're going to kickstart the episode with the interview itself and then you're going to be looping back to a very special guest to who's going to be sitting down discussing all of the houses and and scare zones and tribute store and everything that's going on this year as long as as well as our hype list and and everything else so sit back relax and enjoy the podcast okay right well, thank you very much for joining us of course do you want to just give a a quick overview of your of your role and, and sure you do? Yeah. Uh, my name is laura Sauls. i have been with universal orlando for 27 years i started wow. as a singing and dancing bride of frankenstein um started with halloween horror nights in 1998 okay um and have been with halloween horror nights ever since um i lead the team that creates all the fantastic horrific things that you see in horror nights but we also do the entire holiday program, do Mardi Gras, do Grad Bash, 4th of July, New Year's Eve. So you're busy. Yeah, <laughs> but we love what we do. Amazing. We love what we do. Amazing. So I guess first question is, can you take us as much as you can, like behind the scenes and, and give us some insight into kind of the creative process yeah. behind Horror Nights? So, I mean, what, I guess what are the key considerations that you have when uh, designing and planning the event? Well, we, um, we start planning. Um, well over a year before the event. Um, uh, typically, over the last several years, we started as soon as the event opens. Uh, we've already started planning for 2024. We started that on July 5th. Wow. Um, so we're getting earlier and earlier every year. But really, um, our IPs are kind of, uh, we give our leadership um, IP considerations that we'd like to do. Um, some IPs come to us. Um, and once the, those IPs are kind of slated out for us, then we go into what we call a creative brainstorm mm -hmm. time. And that is all the show direction team. That's the team I get to lead. And then our senior scenic designers um, that build these and create these beautiful scenic pieces that are just truly incredible movie quality sets um they're in the room with us and then our two character designers character developers they're in the room with us and we just throw out now that we have like we have our ips we know what that slate looks like then we just throw out any and every idea for an original content house mm -hmm. Um, for original content scare zones, for an overall theme. And it takes us about five days. And it's, it takes five days to do that just because everyone has such beautiful ideas, right? And what we love about that room and those five days is that we come out of it and we don't know who had what idea, but we all know that we have five to eight ideas that we can present back to our leadership. So that's kind of how we do the initial creative process. It feels kind of like a writer's room. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, like a little treat. And our whiteboard looks like a beautiful mind. It's got mm -hmm, just mm -hmm. things all over it. Um, and we pride ourselves on when we finally, we all feel like this is an idea that we can get behind and that we all love. We put it on big post-it boards and put it all over um, our, our, um, our conference room. And then when our leadership comes in, we're like, okay, here, are what we're going to present. And we, mm -hmm. we kind of present it that way. Um, and just hitting highlights of, you know, what are the aggressors? What are the victims? Where are we going to see like what scenic places we're going to see? Um, what are some of the effects that we might see in the house? So it's really, it's a really cool process. And then we kind of split up into teams and you'll have a, a senior show director and a senior scenic designer as a team. And they start to develop the houses that we want to develop for that year. So they'll start to really figure out the whole story of the house they'll really start to figure out the nine to ten scenes of the haunted house um and kind of lay it out in the best way possible and the scares of course um when we lay out the scenes that lays out kind of the scares um 
So we go into concept development and then we go into our, our scenic designers go into SketchUp and we go into treatments and then we start to bring in. And after that, we start to bring in all the partners, our production partners, our tech partners. We start to work with marketing. Mm -hmm. We start to work with merchandise. We start to work with foods and visual merchandise and you know all of our partners start to come in at that process and really make make the um make the process even bigger until yep. we get to we're running the show yep amazing it's surprising it starts so early when all of that yeah all of that's going yeah on. yeah and if uh, people can probably hear that ghostbusters is just uh <laughs> something strange <laughs> in the neighborhood so, I mean, you've you've collaborated with so many different kind of IPs that sit outside of you know Universal's ownership mm -hmm. in the past, and you mentioned there that some some will approach you and and some others you will approach them. Kind of how do those partnerships enhance the event? I mean, we mentioned before we started recording that Stranger Things is what brought us to the event, and and I know lots of people that said to me for years, Ryan, just go to the event, you'll love it, and I was like, oh, I don't remember when I was there with my friends, and they said. You need to go. Yeah. And I didn't because I was too scared. Stranger Things brought me in. But how do you kind of decide which properties to feature and which ones maybe don't don't feature? Well, I think we want a we always I don't think I know we always want a diverse slate of content. Mm -hmm. So um, we say if we have a slasher in an IP, we can't have a slasher in an original content house. Mm. You know, if you um, we just want that diversity in all of our all of our content so really it is selecting the ips that we know our guests will want to see it's selecting the ips that we know will just make a rich haunted house right it's and it's selecting ips that give us that diverse diversity in our slate of yeah. content yeah makes sense i mean this year for me like if i hadn't been before the last of us amazing love that video game um, stranger things mm -hmm. If obviously people can't see, but I'm wearing a Stranger Things <laughs> shirt. Um, and also Chucky is my favorite, I think, horror icon. So to see to see him returning at the event is amazing. Um, is there kind of, you know, how do you cater for like the different segments of the audience and create kind of experience that, that resonate with, with everyone? Because I think, you know, you've got a lot, as you said, with lots of fans of slashes like Chucky. Then you've got The Last of Us, which is a huge IP, especially this year with the with the TV show and um, as well as Stranger Things, which is continue, continually to be, you know, Netflix is one of, one of Netflix's biggest shows. So how do you kind of make sure that you're catering for those different audiences? Because I think you've got very two very different types of audiences there. You've got mm -hmm. the real kind of hardcore horror mm -hmm, fans mm -hmm. that I think probably lean towards more of the original houses. I mean, there's a couple this year that, I mean, they all look great, but Julian Dragon's making a yeah. uh, return <laughs> yeah. looks really cool. And then, you know, it seems to be that horror fans get more excited about those original houses, but then, you know, bringing in franchises like Stranger Things and, and The Last of Us is, is kind of bringing in new audiences. Is that how yeah. you see it or is it just kind of appealing to, to different types of people? 100%. I think um, when we started Walking Dead, we brought in a new audience. When mm -hmm. we introduced Stranger Things, we brought in a new audience. When we introduced The Weeknd, we brought in a new audience. Like all of those And that was a great house, by the way. Like, I, I love. I wasn't it was expecting it to be that good. Yeah, it was great, right? Yeah, yeah And it was unique and different. Mm. Um, but all of those different IPs are bringing in a different audience to Horror Nights. And we absolutely love that because um, we jokingly say that, you know, we have these IPs that bring them in, but then our original content seals the deal. Mm -hmm. Right. Then they're, they're just wanting to come back for more to see what IPs we bring in that they'll absolutely love. And then what we're going to our crazy brains are going to come up with with original content houses. Mm -hmm. And then to speak about the super fans and the, you know, the casual fan and the newer fan. Um, we try to, I go back to really diversifying the content. We go back to trying to diversify the content. So there is something for everyone. Yeah. We, if we don't have any IPs that, if our IPs don't have a lot of blood, guts and gore, we know one of our originals has to have that blood, guts and gore because we need to check that box. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. We really try to make, the the um content slate as diverse as it can be that way there's something for everyone that makes sense and i've noticed actually the last few years that you've really started to lean into i, I suppose you can call it ip and then it's your ip 
in Universal Monsters, mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. been really cool to see the houses that you know yeah. come, the, the the teams come up with there. Yeah, because what I love about working with the Universal Monsters is um, we've been able to tell uniquely different stories that have never been told before mm-hmm. with these monsters. I, I talk about the the Bride of Frankenstein house. The Bride of Frankenstein lives. That was a brand new story. No one has ever, you know, that was never out there in the world. So being able to tell those new stories. Um, last year's house, um, that was a brand new story that no one had heard before. So again, being able to tell new stories with the classic Universal Monsters is so exciting to us. And we love to do it. Yeah. no, And they're always great houses, to be fair. How much do you, effort do you put into the Easter eggs? I mean... In the original houses, there is so much in the in the um, in the store that you have temporarily up every year. There is so many Easter eggs. Like that must take so much time to kind of plan that out and figure out. Re- you know, sometimes you're revealing stuff as well, but you don't want to reveal too much about mm-hmm. what's coming in the future. Mm-hmm. We we absolutely love our Easter eggs. Um, we love to um, we love to see what the guests see. Mm-hmm. Like, right? Because we we fill the event with Easter eggs as much as we possibly can. And our visual visual merchandise partners definitely lean into Easter eggs in the tribute store. They love yeah. it. Um, but we we ultimately like to see what the guests are realizing are Easter eggs, right? Because if if no guest sees the Easter egg, it's not really an Easter egg, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but the tribute store has so many hidden details. One hundred percent. And some, you know, I'm I'm out there maybe once twice a year if I'm if I'm lucky, and don't get to spend an awful lot of time in the tribute store. So I'm always watching videos of people looking through it, and the details that goes into just the tribute store alone is just yeah. unreal. And um. The partnership that we have with visual merchandise on that tribute store. I mean, last year's tribute store, um, we worked hand in hand to make sure that their dark ride was linked to Major Sweets mm-hmm. and his story. Mm-hmm. Um, and there were in in their tribute store, there were some Major Sweets kind of things and, and little Easter eggs in there. Um, this year, we're doing the same thing. We're working closely with them to to make sure that what they're doing for their facade and what people are seeing on the exterior matches the scare zone yeah which is really exciting and those could be seen as easter eggs because that's visual merchandise putting up you know entertainment content within their their tribute store but then they go deep into even unique ideas of their own Mm -hmm. yeah it makes sense i'm really excited to see the tribute Mm -hmm. store this year um can you share like a, a particularly challenging or kind of unexpected obstacle um maybe avoiding the obvious covid um that, that arose during the the planning or execution of a kind of a past horror nights event and how you how you resolved it i mean there are many times that you know we have ips that we have built a whole haunted house and sometimes we have to change the house mm-hmm. um we've done that a couple times and and we love doing that we love those challenges or an ip comes in late and we have to figure out how to make it happen um I remember, and this is going way back before you came to the park. I remember I did, I was, I was show directing scare zones and we created this, this whole concept for, of scare zones for the park. And, um, we had it all developed. We had it all sketched out. We had it all written. We're ready to roll it out. And we were brought in and saying, we're going to do walking dead around the whole park. And Mm -hmm. we were like, oh, okay, let's go. Let's go. It's a challenge, but we're going to do it. And we did it. And it was amazing. And that year's scare zones were incredible. But we love those challenges. Yeah. Those challenges we don't see as even challenges. We're like, we're going to take it on as a new thing and we're going to run with it. Sounds good. Um, and I, I suppose kind of last question, really. Um, what are your favorite kind of aspects of Horror Nights? And do you have any memorable stories or experiences from past events that you'd like to share? Oh, there's so many. I know it's a difficult question. <laughs> I mean, I like to see people getting scared. I was telling a story today to a few people that like one night I was leaving. This is many, many years ago when I was leaving work and it was still it was dusk because I'd worked during the day because, you know, I, so we kind of do dual when the, it's operating mm-hmm. and I was leaving and I heard this lady screaming. And I'm like, "Ooh, that sounds way too good for me to walk away from. And I turned around. And I stood there and I ended up standing there 
for over 25 minutes because it took her that long to get to the end of the scare zone. Wow. And watched her get scared by every single character in that scare zone. And then noticed her whole family was watching her from the park bench across from me. Mm -hmm. And when she finally got out, she fell in that park bench and was like, I mean, she was in tears and she was laughing and she was crying and her family was laughing. And I'm like, that's why we do what we do. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's why we do what we do. And it is always like she was screaming her head out. But when she sat on that bench, I mean, she had tears rolling down her face, but she was laughing so hard. And it's amazing because that's something that I actually like to do, you know, between houses and scare zones. I, I grab a drink and just step back for a second mm -hmm. and watch the watch the horror un unveil itself as, as people are just, you know, especially, you know, the chainsaw. Yeah. The oh, chainsaw yeah. troop kind of chasing someone and they, they will go they will go for that person that continually likes to run away. And it is it's um it's definitely part of the entertainment of the night. One hundred percent. It's amazing. We're a little bit voyeuristic when we're at Halloween Horror Nights, right? Mm, we're a yeah. little bit we're a little bit, you know, it's it's happening to us and it's immersive to us and we scare we get we scream and we laugh, but then we also sit back and watch others just be terrified. And it's yeah, pure I mean, enjoyment. And Dan's <laughs> seen that firsthand because that's happened where I've been the one to Oh yeah. Yeah, especially in that, that first year. Yeah, I, I grabbed some. I actually grabbed someone in front of me that I didn't know, and that was a bit embarrassing. Um, but I have become a lot more accustomed to the, to the to the event now, and I love it. And you know, I will. Awesome. I always make an effort to go every year. So yeah, it's so it's so We're good. Glad. Um, so yeah, thank you very much for that. That was that was really really good. Thank you. Yeah, thank you all. Thanks. Okay, so you've heard the interview that Dan and I did with Laura, but now Dan is not here. Chucky has taken him away for the weekend, and you're laughing at my jokes already. This is good. <laughs> and a returning guest of the show is back, my wife. Hey. What was that? <laughs> well, it's me not being very sure about talking into a microphone. Well, you're talking into a microphone, so I'm still not sure. Those who have just listened to the interview will hear how unsure I was <laughs> talking into a microphone, despite having done it for about seven years. So we're talking Halloween Horror Nights. You just heard Laura talk through the event itself, all the planning that goes into it. Now we're talking about this year's event. Dan and I went last week and learned loads of new details about the houses, some of which are in the press release, some of which are brand new. And as far as we can see, no one or very few people have actually covered. So we're going to be going through some of those. But, I mean, to start things off, Donna... How much do you know about the event this year? Well, you've told me bits and bobs, but I can't say how much I was listening. <laughs> so Donna doesn't know anything about that. <laughs> we were watching a Tim Tracker video. Oh, yeah, I listened um, to him. <laughs> how much attention were you paying to him? Or as you like to call him, Kermit the Frog. <laughs> he sounds like Kermit the Frog. Can't help it. I'm not sure he does. <laughs> so Donna knows really very little about the event, despite attending it this year. Should we go through a, a quick run through of the houses? We want to. Well, I mean, it doesn't matter what I want. We're doing it. <laughs> so we've got The Last of Us, Stranger Things, based on Series 4, The Exorcist Believer. Hold on, I'm going through the list. Chucky Ultimate Kill Count. Universal Monsters Unleashed. Dr. Oddfellow Twisted Origins. Julian Dragons Choose Thy Fate. Yeti Campground Kills. The Darkest Deal, apparently Phoenix is a, is a fan of that one, and Blood Moon Dark Offerings. Which of those houses is on your... Well, in fact, should we go through the descriptions of each house, and then we can decide what, what, what our hype list is for the year? Yes. You meant to react <laughs> to when I'm speaking. Just make up your mind. I just, just, just make up my mind. Okay, let's go through the houses and... I'll share a little bit of what we learned from earlier in the week if our son decides to go to sleep. So starting off with The Last of Us and what we know about the um, house so far, it's set in Pittsburgh, Donna's favourite city in the, in the States. Is it? No, I was making it up. <laughs> um, all, pretty much all of the enemies from the game are going to be present in the house. So we're going to have... Um, clickers, other things that I can't remember. 
uh, where are we? Runners, stalkers, clickers, hunters, which are the humans, and also I think Laura said bloaters as well, which are the big fat ones that kind of explode. Um, going to be going through the the kind of hotel grand, dark and dank city tunnels, um, and I think this is pretty cool, but Donna will probably not agree with me that the original boy, um, voice artists from the game have recorded lines just for this house. Well, that is pretty cool, to be fair. Yeah? Yeah. There you go. She's impressed. So I'm Still not forgiving them for The Last of Us 2, uh, though. So. Yeah, you're not a fan of the second game. But this is based on the first game. Good. It is not based on the TV show. They made that very clear at the event. I mean, it was pretty. It was known anyway, but apparently everyone in the room, it was uh, news to many. But based on the video game, there is nothing from the TV show in this. I mean, despite, obviously, all of the scenes in the TV show being based on the game. <laughs> And that's I think that's pretty much all we know about the house so far. Phoenix is a fan. Yeah, you come into that one. Is he gonna come to that one? We're not actually taking him to the event before people write to us and because we can't try and do us with child child abuse. <laughs> um now on to Stranger Things, which is probably a house that you're pretty excited for. Yeah, I am. I liked season four of Stranger Things. I thought it was really good. Yeah, and we did no, you didn't do the first house, did you? No, I did the second one. You did one. the second house, which I did tell Universal straight to their face wasn't as good as the first house. Well, see, um, I really enjoyed it, but I yeah, hadn't seen the first house. It was good, but it wasn't as good as the first house. And they did kind of agree. Okay. So I think it's pretty well recognised that the first house was better. I mean, if you see Vecna in this and all the people being crushed to death, I guess. Crushed? Yeah. Oh, the kind of, yeah. Breaking of the bones. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know how they're going to do that. Yeah, a little but... bit scary. So, what we're going to know is what I learned about this one. Uh, we are going to, into Vecna's Curse. They worked very close with the Duffer brothers throughout the planning of, of this house. What would um, be a good one, then? And as you heard from the interview, there's a lot of planning that goes in. They do work as closely as they can with the creators of IPs, and they worked very closely with the Duffer brothers on this one. Really leaning into Vecna, um, which means we're going to be seeing Vecna more than 10 times throughout the kind of walking around of this house. 10 times? Yeah. Okay, Will it be just... scary if you're going to see him 10 times? Well, we'll have to wait and see. We know that Eddie's trailer will be included. The Upside Down is going to be included. We like a bit of Eddie. So we're probably going to be shouting, Christy, wake up at some point. Are we? No? Don't remember that scene? When he does it, when he shouts it. Yeah. Yeah. She doesn't really know memes and things like that, so some people listening would have got that. Okay. Um Hawkins Lab's gonna be in it and we're also gonna see Eddie and Dustin fighting. Presumably Eddie's gonna be in the upside down on his guitar. There's some Metallica going. Nice. That's what we know about that house so far. Hmm? Looking forward to that bit. I wanna know if uh running up the hill is gonna be included. Yeah, we it's talking, gotta be. We were talking about this last night. Hopefully they've secured the rights to the song, unless it's a Universal-owned song anyway, which is possible. Is it? Well, Universal has a music label in the 80s that was pretty strong. Maybe. Less so nowadays. I mean, it's kind of what made the song famous, isn't it, to our generation? So. Well, I mean, yeah, okay, you saved yourself there. I was going to say... We're... To our generation and younger. We're going to get some serious hate mail from hardcore Kate Bush fans now. I mean, did you know that song? Yeah, I know Kate Bush. <laughs> I didn't say that. I said, did you know that song? I did know that song. I mean, it's been about 10 years since I'd listened to it. <laughs> but I did know that song. And now it's on your regular playlist. It is on me. Yeah, I mean, I mean that that show brought that song back into like the charts. It was ridiculous. Yeah, that's my point. So I'd be surprised if they didn't lean into that song. But I think this house is going to be cool. At season four, I loved. I think it was probably my second favourite series after series three. What happened in series three? Never any story. It was all set in the mall, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, that was good. Season four's the best one, though. Yeah, I think season four is the best one. But, well, two. no, I, actually, no, I stand by season three. Season one's really good because it was different. Yeah, season two's pants, though. I think we can all agree on that. Yeah, I stopped watching it. Yeah, I had to force Lana to watch. <laughs> so, well, not, but, you know, I wasn't holding it down or anything, <laughs> but I got I got a look there where I'm not sure if I should pause the podcast <laughs> or not. But we're going to carry on. That's how dedicated we are to recording this show. Um, next on the on the list is the Exorcist Believer, another IP based house based on the upcoming 
um, film by... Who am I thinking of? No idea. Blumhouse. Um, it's going to be coming... So the first time you can walk through the house, it will be seven weeks before the actual movie comes out. So Universal are describing this as like a a walk-in trailer for the actual film. That's a pretty cool way to describe it. Yeah, pretty cool. I'm, I mean, I'm not that excited about I mean, we'll go into our kind of hype list, but I'm not overly excited by this one because... You don't like The Exorcist? Well, I don't mind The Original Exorcist, but like, I haven't seen this film, so it's hard to be excited about something. <laughs> that, I mean, Phoenix is absolutely hitting the microphone right now, if you, if you heard that. He's not a fan of The Exorcist, clearly. But so it's inspired by the upcoming film *The Exorcist Believer*. Um, purchase of a strange doll with three eyes at a street market in um, Haiti. Haiti. Yeah. Leads to the opening of a, a demonic portal, awakening evil spirits. Meanwhile, two girls disappear in the U.S. and are found a few days later with no memories. After exhibiting unsettling behaviour, it becomes clear that an exorcism is the only thing that can save them. And until then, anyone who comes into contact. Is at risk of losing their souls. Sorry, they bought the doll and then got possessed. No, you didn't listen to any of what I just I said. I mean, Phoenix was hitting the microphone at the time. That's true. Yeah. So we're going to be seeing Catherine and Angela and the demon that possesses them. There will be an exorcism at some point. Funny. What's the doll got to do with it? Um, it's, I don't know, I can't remember. <laughs> um, we're going to be entering the demon's world and there are going to be multiple demons in the house. Mm. So yeah, I know like it's a bit yeah, standard, isn't it? Just yeah. Um next on the list is Chucky Ultimate Kill Count, the one that was announced way back at the last day or of Halloween Horror Nights last year. So I think the the house that's been announced with the furthest time window ever at Horror Nights. Phoenix is he's determined for us not to record this. Podcast. I mean we might have to pause it and rewind it to see if it actually records. It's recording. We, we are recording. Oh. Oh, there he is sneezing. Like the professionals don't have to deal with this, is what I'm saying. <laughs> I mean, you could be part of the exorcist house tonight, couldn't you, mate? Yeah. Um, so it's going to be heavily leaning into the sci-fi series. We're going to be including some kills that were we've seen throughout the franchise, despite it leaning into the, the recent sci-fi series. So fans of Child's Play will probably see some of their favourite kills featured. Uh, and the, the backstory for this one is really weird. So, everyone's favourite killer doll will once again be reigning terror in his very own haunted house for the first time. Don't let the freckled cheeks and bibbed overalls fool you. Chucky wants revenge and respect, as his peers don't take him seriously. You may think you can outrun his tiny legs, but very few escape the blade of his trusty nerve. Heidi ho, suckers. Yeah, it's a bit scary, this one. Yeah, so what this, the, the story is, they've invited the actual Chucky to, to the house... And I quote Universal here at the event, um, Chucky's not happy with the arseholes at Universal because they're not actually killing people in these houses. Oh, I thought it was that he hadn't been invited. No, they, they're not, he's not happy that they're not actually killing people. Oh, so see. he's decided to um, basically put his soul into every Chucky doll Chucky. in the house and actually kill people, including people that are walking through the house, Including in, including people working inside the house, including Universal team members. So this house, I think, is going to be crazy because you're just not going to know what's going to happen. So are there going to be people walking through the house that are actors? I presume so. That's going to be scary. Yeah, I, I presume I so. I may poo my pants a little bit on that one. Oh yeah, I presume it's this one's going to. This one sounds pretty crazy. Now we also know again details from the event that we were at. Universal have purchased a total of five hundred Chucky dolls with 250 going on the West Coast and 250 going on the East Coast. So there are 250 dolls in the Universal Orlando house well, that's, alone. That's just asking for trouble, isn't it? 200 Chucky yeah. dolls. And Charles Lee Ray has put his soul into every single one of those. The real name of... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. just making I, sure. I got that, thanks. Um, we, also, we also know there's going to be an eight-foot Chucky um, wielding a chainsaw wow. at some point in this house. Might not go to Universal that day. So... I'm really excited for this one. I think it's going to be a really cool house. I'm terrified. Yeah, I mean, I am as well, but I, I love Chucky. He's my favourite horror icon. So, so for him, get his own house. I can't wait to go through it and see what he has in store for us. Um, the final... I mean, my, my point still stands that what if some random person got in to pretend to be an actor in the house and decided to kill people? Well, they do actually, like, 
the Universal team members have to go through the same security checks we do. Doesn't mean anything, does it? And the things that they wield in the houses aren't real. Oh yeah, I gathered that much. Apart from in the Chucky house. <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay. Uh, the final IP house is based on Universal Monsters, and it's called Universal Monsters Unleashed. You're in the catacombs of Paris, and are now open to the public. But little do guests know that the most notorious monsters... I mean, see if you agree with this being the most, these being the most notorious monsters. The Phantom of the Opera, the Hunchback of Notre Dame, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde and the Invisible Man are lurking 60 feet below the infamous burial grounds, filled with rage that the labyrinth home is now being invaded by these trespassers. I mean, the Hunchback of Notre Dame is not a villain. Well, yeah, but you're thinking of the Disney movie. Right. I think in the, in the traditional tale, he's not particularly kind. No, I don't agree with that. Well, you might not agree <laughs> with that, but I think you're wrong. I don't think he's a villain, though, is he? Well, I don't know. I, 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 Universal, at the event, they have made films based on all of these characters in the past, in the last like, hundred years. And uh, who are we talking about? The Hunchback. They have made a Hunchback film. I haven't seen it. Maybe we should watch it. It is an old film. Yeah, I know how you feel, feel about old films. <laughs> I can't really comment on the Phantom of the Opera either because. Well, know. we met the Phantom of the Opera. If anyone wants to go to our Instagram or, or Twitter page to search for Theme Park Trader, and you will see Dan and I meeting the Phantom himself. I thought he was just a normal person in a mask. I think I think we are showing perhaps how limited our horror knowledge is. Hmm. I don't think he's just some random geezer in a mask. I thought was, Megan was at this. Well, Megan's still rumoured to be a flash mob, but it hasn't been confirmed or denied by Universal at this point. That would be quite funny. So, we know that there's a curfew. We're breaking the curfew and all the monsters are there and pissed off. I mean, mean, I'm pretty excited for this. I think the the monsters that they're choosing here are different to the typical Universal monsters like Dracula, the Mummy, Bride of Frankenstein, Frankenstein. I think it's interesting, but I wouldn't say I'm like overly excited about this house. Yeah. Um... The, then we get into the original houses. Uh, Oddfellow is has was confirmed to be the icon at the event at, that we were at. That sounds uh, confusing. That story. Yeah, I mean, you've got to be a real hardcore horror nights fan to understand Oddfellow. But we know, I mean, the the, the research limited research that we've done By is Tim <laughs> no, no. This is at the event that um, he is immortal. He uses the zodiac to. The, well, the Dark Zodiac, to uh, collect his power and become immortal. And he was involved in the creation of the famous Jack the Clown, who Donna's never heard of. But Famous a... this year? No, he's been at the event for years and years. Oh, really? Yeah. But Oddfellow hasn't? Uh, well, I think Oddfellow's been there in the background every now and again. But he's not an icon? Well, he is now. Yeah, but he hasn't been before. I don't know. Okay. Christ- Christopher Ripley, by the way. If anyone wants the, the, the background, go and buy his book. It's I've got it. I've read it. And I obviously need to reread it because all of the lore and stuff is, is in his book. What is it? Halloween Horror Nights? It's a Halloween Horror Nights. It's like a historic um, book covering of every year from the start to uh, very recently. So Jack the Clown was, was kind of born through scratching Oddfellow in the, in the face and taking some of his immort- immortality. And... Oddfellow has the ability to shapeshift, and any time that you see him in his not traditional form, just keep an eye out for his face because he will have the, the, the shape or the monster that he is pretending to be will have a scratch on his face. He is confined to that scratch whenever he tries to shapeshift now, thanks to Jack Schmidt or Jack the Clown, as people know him. I mean, the reason um, him and Jack the Clown got into a fight in the first place was because Jack the Clown was killing the patrons of the circus, isn't it? I can't remember if it was Jack the Clown that was killing them or Oddfellow. No, it wasn't Oddfellow. Was it not? No, it was Jack the Clown. I thought it was. Oh. We need to pay more attention to the law. There are definitely people shouting at their their phones right now. <laughs> um, so the, the, the kind of description for this one is, many know the origin story of Jack the Killer Clown. Um, obviously not us, although we did just share it. <laughs> but this house will dive deeper into the law of his evil ringleader and mastermind, Dr. Oddfellow, and his menacing menagerie of twisted oddities. He is the, as I said, he is the icon for this year that was confirmed at the event. It was unclear up until that point. Um, so we kind of broke a little bit of the story there on Tuesday night last week. But um, 
Next house is one that I thought you'd be ex- gone. Sorry, going back to Oddfellow, we're going to miss all like the beginning of that because we'll be at Stone Scream. Yes. That's sad. Well, it's just just him going, ooh, welcome to the event. Ooh. Oh, really? Well, I, I may be paraphrased sure, it a bit. Sure there's going to be a story. No, not really. Okay. This one I thought you'd be excited for, but when I described it to you, you just you kind of shrugged. And it was... What was I doing at the time? I don't, maybe you were asleep, I'm not sure. <laughs> Dueling Dragons, Choose Thy Fate. Oh, yeah, no. See? Um, I did like the ride. Do you remember the Dueling Dragons attraction? Yeah. At Islands of Adventure? Well, prepare yourself for a horrific twist to the familiar tale and battle between fire and ice. Two warlocks of great power who were turned into dragons after fighting over Merlin's spellbook. You must choose a path and a victor, and it better be the right one. We know this one... It doesn't sound scary. I think that's my... I think this one will be really good. I think it will be scary. So sounds more thrillery. They've taken this from the queue line of Julian Dragons, the kind of story that they wove into the attraction. Uh, the Lady of the Lake has trapped Merlin into the enchanted oak. There will be evil trolls, evil fairies. There's going to be a castle when they turn into dragons. Apparently, the lighting effects are going to be awesome. This is, this is from Universal directly. There's going to be fire demons, ice demons, and you're going to, as the house title suggests, choose thy fate. There are four endings to this house. How? Well, you have to choose like a pathway. You know how in the ride you choose between fire and ice. So you're going to... Oh, yeah. Yeah, which ride you've got gone, basically. Yeah. So you're going to choose one or two, and then depending on what time of night it is, either I think the Merlin will win or the Demon will win or the Dragon will win. I I think that's how they're doing it. So there are essentially four endings, Uh, which I think is a first for Horror Night's house. And again, that was confirmed to us the exact number of endings it, at this event. So we may have actually just broken this story for the first time. Um, I don't think people have definitely mentioned number of endings, but nobody, as far as I know, has mentioned the exact number. But it is four confirmed to us by Universal. So there's multiple different people fighting each other in this one. Yes. So you've got dragons, demons, Lady of the Lake, and Merlin. Evil trolls and evil fairies as well. Okay. I'm really excited for this house. Uh, the Sounds ne- a little bit chaotic. I think it will be, yeah. The next one is Yeti Campground Kills. Oh, it's so random. Uh, well, Yeti- Yetis have featured in Horror Nights before. The last time was like a, a snowy setting, which is fun. <laughs> that's, um... I don't know. Is that not what I'm thinking of? I don't know. What are you thinking of? I don't know. Uh, Bloodthirsty Monsters. So this is Yeti Campground Kills. Bloodthirsty monsters have returned with a vengeance, this time terrorising a 1950s campground deep within the mountains and ripping apart anyone who gets in their way. So what we know about this one from the event, um, it's going to be like this this year's dark humour house. So Killer Clowns from Outer Space, that house that we did we together. Did, yeah, yeah. was probably one of my favourite houses of that year. Terrible. You, you haven't really seen the film. Bad. I love that house. And this, you know, that was not scary, but had that kind of dark humour to it. There's going to be a couple that aren't scary this year, I think. And this, 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 this one is going to be that dark humour house. It's going to be a Yeti family kind of ripping people to shreds throughout the entire house, set in the 1950s. So expect some kind of like, oh, gee whiz, Yeti. <laughs> I reckon that's what they'll be leaning into. And next on the list, we have The Darkest Deal, which I think... I reckon you're probably quite into this because of, you know, what we were saying. This is probably based on the Crossroads demon. Yeah. Um, blues musician P- Pine Straw Spruce sells his soul to the collector for musical glory and quickly learns that fame isn't all that it's cut out to be. And if people don't know why I like Crossroads demon, I'm a big fan of Supernatural. Yes, you are a big fan of Supernatural. <laughs> I think that's putting it quite quite mildly. <laughs> Um, so he signed a deal with the devil to get fame, a uh, blues man who wants to receive fame. The collector is possessing everyone around and following Pine Store Spruce. And at some point in the house, again, this was confirmed just at the event, you will go into hell. Nice. So but isn't could... it like loosely based on a true story as well? True story. Yes. In it, quotation it, marks. Yes, it is loosely based on a... True story. A, a, yeah, a true, you know, quote unquote, true story of a real musician. Um, 
Are there any houses that I... Oh, the uh, the last house, I think, is Blood Moon Dark Offerings. In a colonial-era village, moon worshippers celebrate a blood moon at their fall festival and slaughter those who do not participate. And um, all I've got here in my notes are as a you know, colonial town, as I said, killing everyone who doesn't believe. And it's going to be like Dead Man's Pier from last year's event in that it's going to be incredibly detailed. So that's the the cool little tidbit that we got from Universal. Do you for, think they'll do the song house. Bad Moon Rising? I don't think they'll do the song <laughs> Bad Moon Rising there. Um, the other thing that we got confirmed to us at the event is the tribute store, which people see as a attraction slash house in its own right, which I would kind of agree with. It's going to be based on a comic book store in the late 1960s that has been confirmed. And there's a character within it that may or may not come to life. A character that's well known. That's all the detail they were willing to share. It sounds like that's a character that's well known. So, what was that one called? That's just that's the tribute store. You know the shop. Oh, the tribute store. Yeah. Um, and I hope then they don't shut Jurassic Park for that. Well, no, I think it's going to go in the other area, in the other spot where it usually goes, round by the back of Rip by Rocket, mm-hmm. near the Mummy. Mm-hmm. The other thing we've got is the the Horror Night Scare Zones. Every single one of these is going to be based in some way on this year's icon, which is Dr. Oddfellow. So I'm going to go through these quickly. I do not like Scare Zones. Why? They're just... They're scary. Yeah, but they're just out in the open. Who's in the name though, isn't it? Yeah, but you make me go through them. Well, that's kind of the point though, isn't it? (laughs) I like the houses. I like the houses as well, but I also like the Scare Zones. Especially when it gets dark and there's loads of people around, you're not sure. Exactly, that's my point. You have to stay calm, otherwise they just chase you anyway. Yeah, they do. So we've got Dr. Oddfellow's collection of horror. Come face to face with the evil ringleader himself, as he promises immortality for those who dare to join his tortured troop. You've got the Dark Zodiac. Seeking his own immortality, Dr. Oddfellow enters a dark dimension to bring the signs of the Zodiac to life and turns them into horrifying horoscope creatures that foretell your doom. That would be a good house. Yeah, it would be. Jungle of Doom Expedition Horror. In the 1920s, Dr. Oddfellow ventures deep into the jungle and experiments on Mother Nature and animals. Now his twisted creatures are preying on the bottom of the food chain. Humans. Oh, lovely. That's us. Is it? Yes. Vamp 69, Summer of Blood, at a 60s music festival. I'm looking forward to that one. Yeah, because we've seen one of the vamps before. Have we? Yeah. A 60s music festival in a small New York town. Concert goers are jamming out until Dr. Oddfellow unleashes bloodthirsty vampires into the crowds. Was that the really sexual thing? (laughs) It was quite sexy, I think. Oh, no, no, no. You're thinking of of a different show, though. The one that was not far from Harry Potter. That wasn't that. Oh, okay. That was um, that was the one that's based on famous music, music, musician. 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 <laughs> uh, and the final one is Shipyard 32, Horrors Unhinged. In a 1940s San Francisco shipping yard, mysterious crates and cages turn up with Dr. Oddfellow's symbol. His creatures have now escaped, spreading fear and chaos. And then we, we also have Nightmare Fuel Revenge Dream, which is the show. And then obviously we have kind of the normal set of rides and attractions that are open throughout the event. I think it's a really cool idea that all of the scare zones are playing into one theme this year. Dr. Yeah, I quite is. like it. You just carry it on throughout the park, won't you? So. so long as the theme obviously ends up being good, but Horror yeah. Nights usually delivers. And I do think that this collection of houses is the best we've seen in, in a long time. Certainly. I've only been to one. Well, I know, but okay, but I've, I've been, you know, we've been covering the houses for a while, even if we haven't been to every event. But this certainly, like, you know, compared to the last couple of years post-COVID or during COVID, I think this one, for me, seems to be back to their kind of pre-COVID best. Back on so track. Hopefully this year delivers. I'm definitely excited about a lot of the houses here. Um. In terms of a hype list, rather than go, I mean, rather than going from ten to one, is there a house or two that you're most looking forward to? You're gonna to have to read them out to me again. So we've got Chucky Ultimate Kill Count, The Last of Us, Stranger Things, The Exorcist Believer, Universal Monsters Unleashed, 
Doctor Oddfellow, Twisted Origins, Julian Dragons, Choose Thy Fate, Yeti Campground Kills, The Darkest Deal, and Blood Moon Dark Offerings. So Stranger Things, because I love Stranger Things. Is your number one most of all? I don't think I've got a number one. Okay. Although I am really looking forward to Doctor Oddfellow because I quite like the background story. So Doctor Oddfellow, Twisted Origins. Yeah. Yeah. Stranger Things. And... Oh, we have confirmed, actually, sorry, that Jack the Clown will feature inside Dr. Oddfellow Twisted Origins. However, it's likely just to be a projection rather than Jack the Clown himself. Yeah. Sorry, you said Stranger Things, Dr. Dr. Oddfellow Twisted Origins. And Chucky. And Chucky. I think Chucky's going to be the scariest house. I think it's going to be a cool house. Um, Surprises me, because you don't really like Chucky. No, but I think it's going to be scariest because I'm not going to have a clue... What's going on? What's real? If if they deliver on that, I think it's going to be incredible. Because Horror Night scares me anyway, because, you know. Yeah, and that is when, that is literally your biggest fear about going, is that some random Someone's gonna universal kill me. Um, team member is just going to stab you in the face. Yeah, literally. Yeah. And that house is my worst fear come to life. Um, but considering the hype around it, I'm mm. not that excited about The Last of Us house. No, I know what you mean. I think it'll be good, though. Yeah. But I mean, it's zombies. Zombies don't really. Like, I, I know it's a twist on zombies, but it's still zombies. I would say, for me, going from number 10 backwards, I'm going to try and do this. Last one Blood Moon Dark Offerings, which is the colonial really? moon worshippers. Uh-huh. Then probably. Um, I think my last one would be the villain, the monsters. Yeah, okay. That's your number 10. Yeah. Okay. So number 10 is for me is Blood Moon Dark Offerings. Number 9 probably Yeti Campground Kills. Yeah. Then probably The Exorcist Believer. Really? I just, it's just I haven't seen the film. I've seen the trailer. I mean The Exorcist hasn't been good since the what, original. What really. have you got against The Exorcist? I haven't I haven't got anything I've got against The Exorcist. You didn't even like the original Exorcist. I did like the original you Exorcist. Didn't. No, the the film that I watched with you was not the original Exorcist. Yes it was. No it wasn't. Yes it was. It wasn't. Anyway, that's my number eight. Uh, number seven, probably The Darkest Deal. I'm excited for that house, though. Like, we're starting to get where it's quite tricky for me to... Oh, I forgot about that one. Sorry. That's got to be up there as well. Up there for you, that one. Yeah. Number six is probably... Although I can't imagine it being scary. I, I think The Last of Us, number six. Mm. Like, again, like, I'm sure it's going to be cool. I love the game, but I don't think it's going to be that scary. Then probably Stranger Things at number five. Love Stranger Things, it's going to be a cool house. Number five? Yeah. Oh, no, sorry. Universal Monsters Unleashed, number five. Then Stranger Things at number four. Then I think Doctor Oddfellow, Twisted Origins at number three. Yeah. Julie Dragons, Choose Thy Fate at number two. That's got to be number nine. I think yeah. it's going to be a really cool house. And, like, I tend to agree with you, Chucky Ultimate Kill Count, two reasons. One, I think the house concept sounds amazing. Two, he's my favourite horror villain. And yeah. to see him in a house, I think it's going to be... I hope if they deliver it, It'll be amazing. Anything you want else you wanted to say on Horror Nights before we call it? I think so. Yeah, when you're looking forward to it. Yeah, I haven't been for ages, and the last years didn't sound that great. I mean, but someone like who's been to only what you've been to one of them, haven't you? Only one, yeah, and it was terrifying. Yeah, and compared to Mickey's Not So Scary. I know one's family friendly, but lots of people, at this time of year, there's people on Twitter all the time saying, I'm going to Orlando, they haven't got kids with them, or uh, kids are older, I can only afford to go to one, which would you choose? Halloween Horror Nights. Halloween Horror Nights. I would as well. Because I love horror. But I think if you're someone who doesn't like horror, then you're not going to choose it, are you? No, I mean, if you hate horror, obviously don't go to it. it is scary. It's not just something they Obviously, they put on for Halloween, but it is really scary. Yeah. It, well, yeah, it, it, is, it is. If they do it right. If they do it right. Last year, I think, was... The one I went to was really miss, scary. But this year does look really good. I mean, I would agree. I think well, we've been to more Mickey Not So Scary than Horror Nights, but that's because we've only recently, relatively speaking, got into Horror Nights, then COVID hit. And you don't like horror. Well, no. Well, I kind of... I mean, I don't... I love Horror Nights. Yeah, but... Generally speaking, no, you've never been no. a horror fan. Um, love horror nights, and then last year I did go. I, I know you didn't, but um, so I've been, this, this will be my 
fourth event. Yeah. Since we got into it, I wish we got into it a lot sooner than well, we did. I suggested we went. You did a long yeah. time ago, and you didn't want to because you were too scared. Yeah, and I've said that on the podcast before, <laughs> so that's not. You, you looked like you were breaking some like some new story there. No, you said you wish we'd got into it sooner. So I said oh, hundred percent. I really do wish that we had. But you know, if, so, if someone asks me what what's the best value for money, is Horror Nights every every day of the week. Mm, it's cheaper. Good. It changes every year, and Disney hasn't changed Mickey's Not So Scary in ten years. And I'm talking proper change, not. A slight tweak to a menu or adding some character to a parade. That's not a change. What would you change, though? I don't know. Maybe change some of the candy, at least. It's getting worse every year. Yeah, well, they do Snickers now. Yeah. They could do something different, couldn't they? Yeah, they could. I mean, I'm not an Imagineer. They're not changing it and putting the price up, isn't really? Well, yeah, not changing it and putting the price up every year is a, is a big, pretty big deal. But if you've got kids... If you've got kids and you've never been to it before and... There'll be people listening that I've advised go to Mickey's Not So Scary. <laughs> if, you, if you have got kids and you're going to Orlando for the first time or the first time with your kids, Mickey's Not So Scary is a fantastic event. Like, if we had the money, uh, we're still thinking about it this year. It's amazing. We do love it. But it's very expensive for what you get now. That's what I would say. Yeah, it is. If you've been before. Yeah. If you've not been, it's an amazing experience. It's still expensive, though. It's very expensive. But the parade is the best that Disney puts on in Orlando. But back to your original question, Halloween Horror Nights. Halloween Horror Nights, definitely. Um, thank you very much for listening. And thank you, Universal, for inviting us to the to the event, for giving us um, some amazing canapes, for giving us, or me, I should say, some champagne and some lots of alcohol. And for us to have an opportunity to meet the Phantom from Phantom of the Opera and for the amazing interview that we got with Laura, if you do have questions about the event, please just find us on Twitter or on Instagram. Just search for Theme Park Trader. And if you've enjoyed today's show, please do leave us a review. It would very much upset Dan if we got way more reviews this week when he's away. So please leave us a review and we will see you again next week.